excuse me, there's someone eating crab legs in the bathroom. Welcome, gentle folk. Usually, it would fall to me to remind you all of what happened last time. But this time, frankly, I'd rather forget. Because last time, we met the sorceress. And I still have chills. Not only because of her whole thing, but because of what she told Diote he needs to do to defeat her. The sorceress can only die by her own daughter's hand. And the sorceress's true daughter is Abigail. What an awful task. Will Diote be able to tell Abigail the truth? I don't think I could. But it's not my decision to make. So, listener, the time has come to roll and tell... Welcome back to Roll and Tell. I'm Jeffrey. And I'm Christian. And we are your players, your storytellers, and a picture of two boys that was generated by an AI. <laughs> Dude, I can't get any of those things to work ever. I swear to God. I've tried so many times and it never creates what I'm like asking it to create. I feel like all of those all those pictures. Now, like we're not going to get in a conversation about how I truly deeply feel about them, but the thing that I do feel about them generally is they all look okay from a distance. <laughs> is that is that what we look like to um to our audience yes. from a very very far distance we look okay. <laughs> we look like us from a very far distance, but when you get closer there are some incongruities. Yeah, people are like, this is not what I was expecting these guys that to be. That is not a human. That is not a human. <laughs> not only are we strange, unhuman-like beings, we're also two players with no game master. Simply, only chaos. Simple, sweet chaos. So, Christian, this is a big one because finally, Lewid, Abigail, and Diodi, I believe chaos permitting are about to reunite yeah at the eye of the anvil a day early <laughs> yeah the evening before they were supposed to yeah yeah so um Diody's just getting back from seeing the sorceress abigail and lewid and phoebia and a whole bunch of little girls are at the tavern presumably as i mean i'm guessing as uh Diody and willow show back up yeah, we know that last moment that we left Abigail and Lewitt in, so we're probably going to pick up right there if fate allows us. Yeah. All right. Well, then, I mean, simple as that, I feel like we don't have much to ask before we jump in. So I guess the scene is, most specifically, Diody, Abigail, and Lewitt will find each other at the Eye of the Inville and discuss things. Yes. Hopefully over a dinner and some candlelight. Yeah. We are at Chaos 7 now, because for sure, Chaos went up after that fantastic <laughs> scene with the sorceress. So. Ah, nah, nothing chaotic happened there. Uh, yeah. 
Interruption. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> Looks like we're not getting out of here as quickly as we thought. Would you please roll on the event focus table? Don't make me do it. Oh, I'm going to make you do it. You just like when bad things happen. <laughs> I do. I love it. Oh, wow. I rolled a 100. NPC positive. NPC positive. Who? Well, there's several bad options this could be, technically. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, let's go to our NPC sheet. The number between 1 and 25 is... 15. Okay, what 15. is 15? Have you already gotten to 15? No. No, dude! No way! Dude, no it's way! People no, are gonna come think on! People are gonna think we're... People are gonna think that this is all set up that we've pre-planned this shit. No. People are going to start calling us, like, being like, there's... You guys are liars. This a is a bunch of flim flam men. They're scripting this stuff. No, yeah, we didn't. We swear, we, swear we did not. It. If this reaction doesn't make it super clear, no, we did not plan this. I just, I'm sorry to everybody listening, but I just want to say, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we've rolled, <laughs> we've rolled the sorceress. <laughs> So, something good is happening to the sorceress, and, you know, I think she deserves it. I, th- I think she needs something good in her life. Oh, God. Alrighty. It's not like she's already all-powerful. You get subject, I'll get action. Okay. Guide. Um, prison. Guide prison. Positive. Obviously, the sorceress is not in the scene we just described. So, is this just, like, a brief scene of the sorceress? Yeah, I mean, I guess it would just be a a small, short scene. I might ask the fate chart this, but if you just think it's like, yeah, it has to be, then it is. But the prison, I think it's describing, I think after everything we know, are we going to get a moment with the sorceress alone where we find out that she may in fact want to die and that life is her prison? Oh. And the positive is she just, the guide is she literally just told somebody how to end her insufferable existence. So the positive is, like, she might be doing what she wants. I say let's go with that. It's late evening, and the insects and the frogs in this marsh have become louder, more prevalent, as the moon towers over the land, the light shimmering across all the surfaces of the water in places that it didn't even look like there was water. Between the grass, you can see other small creatures shifting through the water, almost as if they're following somebody. That somebody, as we see, in this moonlight, the blonde hair shimmering just as brightly as the water, is the sorceress. In her arms, we see a massive slug, as big as a large cat, almost. And this slug, almost a pitch black, but because of the moonlight, As we can barely see through its lightly transparent black skin, we see a spinal column, blotches of green, running through this slug. She's cradling it like a baby. And she's stroking this slug like a pet, the way that she clearly thinks of all these creatures that she makes. There's a softness to her that we didn't see during that conversation with Diodi. A tenderness. It's unclear if it's towards the beast in her arms or it's because of what she's thinking in her head 
She's replaying the conversation she just had with this strange elven boy named Diodi. And being able to share the image of her daughter with this mortal being has stirred something in her, like it blew the dust and cobwebs off of her mind. She has lived so long, and so little of importance or interest has happened in that time period. But now, she has given something a nudge. She has shoved fate into a direction that there is no turning back from. She has told somebody how she can escape this interminable existence, how she can die. As she looks at this slug, and it looks back up at her, she smiles genuinely at it. And all she says is, My daughter is coming. Come, let's prepare for her. And the sorceress continues to take steps in a single direction as she heads eastward away from Ostil. The slug slithers up her arm almost affectionately, trying to reach her neck, and the marsh eventually becomes a distant land. All right, so I guess after that small little interruption scene, uh, I guess chaos is going to go up, that's all I could imagine, to an eight. Yeah, I think so. Two blonde elves with blue eyes are staring in rapt confusion at one another. There's silence, and neither of them are saying anything as Luid looks at his sister Lydia, trying to understand why she seems so upset to see him. Abigail just shouts out, Lydia! And almost like picking up on that cue, all the little girls in unison again shout, Lydia! <laughs> And Lydia, this beautiful elf, but a little bit more rough and tumble than all of her other sisters, with a messy bun on top of her head and recently shattered plates on the ground, she looks at all of her sisters and says, Come on, just be quiet, all of you, just stop. And we hear someone all the way at the back of the tavern, who presumably noticed the food fall to the ground with the broken dishes, yell out, My food! Uh, sir, sir, I'm... I'm sorry, sir. I'll get you another plate. Abigail looks towards Lewid. So, is this another one of your sisters? Uh, yes. Yes, it is, but I... And he notices that Lydia, as Lewid starts to talk to Abigail, tries to slip back into the kitchen without being noticed. And from the kitchen comes another large human with a leather apron, pushing Lydia away from being able to slip into the kitchen as this huge woman's carrying more food and shoving her out of the way to get out of the way of the kitchen entrance. Griselda, come on, I gotta just move. And she tries to squeeze past Griselda's large frame into the kitchen. This large woman responds to Lydia. Oh, Lydia, here, take this bowl of fireweed and roasted goose to table 12. I gotta get this order of mashed potato beans out. For the love of prosperity, Griselda, just move. Actually, I can't move until someone takes these plates from me. And Lydia tries to shove Griselda, but I don't think it goes very well. <laughs> yeah. Lewitt has been watching this exchange, and he says, Uh, Lydia, I'm still here. I see everything that you're doing. And by the time Lewitt says that, Abigail's made her way up to the bar, and she's sitting on one of the bar stools. 
and she is peering at Lydia right next to her and says, Yeah, where are you going? And Lydia, like an indignant teenager, kicks the cabinet next to her and then walks to the counter and looks Abigail in the eye and says, Hello, miss, can I take your order? Um, yeah, I would like... What's the strongest thing you have? Oh, by the way, my name's Abigail, and she holds out her hand, waiting for Lydia to shake it. I'm your brother's girlfriend. Lydia reaches for Abigail's hand, and again, we see that she distinctly only has four fingers on this hand she reaches with, and she stops mid-reach when you say girlfriend, and pulls her hand back, and then pulls a pad of paper out of her pocket and says, Abigail, and writes it down. You know, I also know someone else who's missing their pinky as well. I, he's supposed to be meeting us here tomorrow. You might get to meet him if, if you're still here. Yeah, everybody who is missing a pinky is desperately wanting to know each other. Uh, Abigail turns away from Lydia and waves Lewitt over to come join her at the bar. Yeah, and Lewitt sits down on a bar stool. They're not the most comfortable bar stools, to be clear, but he... He sits on it, and he hears it squeaking, and it's uneven, and he leans forward on the bar, and he says, Lydia, are you are you going to address me? And Lydia casts a glance towards Lewid, and then says, Hello, sir, can I take your order? And Lewid just throws his arms out wide in complete astonishment, and looks at Abigail and says, What is happening here? Okay, listen, if we order something... Will you just talk to your brother? He clearly has something he wants to tell you. I don't know. There's something going on between you two, and I'm I'm just in the middle of it right now. So I'm I'm dying to know why is why is Lydia being so evasive? Why is Lydia avoiding Lewid so much? And I've had a thought since we last talked that I think plays into what we learned about her during our Eye of the Anvil section. She's a criminal. We know that. And we don't know what she did. Or if she's still wanted. I'm curious if she's worried about being caught because she's on the run. Because Lewitt is here now. Yeah, exactly. And it's no secret in the town that Lewitt is wanted. So wherever Lewitt might be, guards could be following. Yeah. So I think my question is, is Lydia a known and wanted criminal? Um, Based off of her actions, um, I, I don't know. It implies at least a likely to me. So... Do you think likely or very likely? I think very likely. She's okay. being really weird. Very likely. <laughs> it's a two. Oh my gosh. So yeah. The, she did something bad. <laughs> I I think, okay, if this is an exceptional yes, this is begging the question. Is she the other one who broke out of Swordskeep? No way. <laughs> is she... The other person who, the only person who ever broke out of Swords Keep before Lou and Abigail. Did Lydia break out of Swords Keep? I mean, what do like, you think? With an, with an exceptional yes. I mean, like, that is exceptional. She is the one person in the history of the prison that broke out. And it would explain why she's undercover. It would explain why she went to the Eye of the Anvil. Was, Narissa was so picky about being like, she didn't do all those things they said she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. I just think that's the answer. I think she's the other person who broke out of Swordskeep. This begs so many questions. Why did Marigold not tell Lewid it was his sister? I'm curious if that means like Lydia has some kind of criminal alias that she goes by. There's something deeper to this 
I can only imagine that because when Lewid stopped by the house and Lulin was like, you also broke out a sword skeep. <laughs> she, she meant you did that too. Right, right. I, yeah, at first that had a different meaning, but now I think that that means that like she had a similar experience when Lydia came by the house. She's like, hey, I just broke out a sword skeep. I got to go. <laughs> she just grabbed her things and left. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this family, breaking and entering, breaking and exiting, it all runs in the family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think she broke out of Swords Keep, and she's in hiding right now. And now Lewitt is here, the most wanted criminal in all of Ostiel. And we don't even know what Lydia did to get into Swords Keep yet. We'll find that out later. I don't think we need to know right now. Right. In response, Lydia, still mostly only looking at Abigail, says, Brother, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I think you must be mistaken. I don't have a brother, and if I did... I don't think he'd be stupid enough to show up here when he was the most wanted criminal in Ostiel. And Abigail, pretending to have a shocked face, slowly looks over with her mouth agape, looking at Lewid. Is this true? Lewid is staring in disbelief at his, his sister, and then sees Abigail's face out of the corner of his eyes, and then just narrows his gaze at her, just with a look that says, just stop it. <laughs> And Lydia turns to leave, and Lewitt's going to try to make a bold move. He's going to try to reach across the bar and grab her. Oh. Just like her wrist, just to stop her from leaving. Yeah, so definitely dexterity. That is a complete success. Lydia turns to leave, Lewitt very quickly, with just grace. No, like, so quick and so fluid that it doesn't cause any reaction from any of the other patrons. Just grabs her wrist quickly and says, Lydia, seriously... What's going on with you? Why are you acting like this? Lydia, with a tremendous struggle, wrenches her hand away from Lewid and then says, Yeah, Lewid, you wouldn't understand because you haven't bothered to check in on any of us, so you don't know what's going on with any of us, do you? Abigail looks behind them at the many little girls that have accompanied them, and she whispers back to Lydia, I think your brother has done a fine job of checking in on your sisters. Lydia looks at the other sisters, and then finally at Lewid, and she says, disgruntedly, Why are they here? Why why would you... What's going on, Lewid? Well, uh, it may be better if we found a place to talk more in private about this. And a female with red skin from behind the bar counter has slipped closer to you, just as you say that, and she says, Good luck finding somewhere private to talk in here. And Lydia turns to this crimson-skinned woman and says, Hey, do you, do you mind if I go on my break? We, is it okay if we, you know, go sit on the roof? And Lydia sees the crimson-skinned woman look away across the room, gesturing and pointing towards Lydia to someone else. Abigail turns and looks to see who she's pointing to and sees an old man, the same one that greeted them when they came in. And he just gives a thumbs up. And the crimson woman turns back to Lydia and says, Yeah. You're good to go. And Lydia doesn't respond. I think she has a she has a habit of being gruff and angsty. So she just takes her apron off and she puts it on the counter. And she says, come on, let's go. And she starts storming out of the eye of the anvil. But she stops over by the old man. She says very kindly, thanks, numpets. It means a lot. Oh, just take your time. Yeah, the tavern will still be here when you get back. She 
stifles a laugh at that, trying to like think about why the tavern wouldn't be. But she just nods with a little bit of a confused look on her face, and then she waves for Luid, Abigail, and whoever else to follow her outside. And Abigail, nodding to Luid and gesturing her head to follow his sister, she says, I'll watch your other sisters. You should probably go talk to your sister alone. And Luid nods. Okay, just keep them safe or or Lulin will literally kill me. If anything happens, I'll blame it on you. Don't worry. I know you will. I know you will. And Luid steps out of the eye of the anvil and follows his sister. So as Luid gets up to leave the tavern, Abigail also hops out of her bar stool and she goes over to all the little girls and she says, does anyone want something to eat? Your brother and sister are going to talk for just a moment, but we could also watch the magic show on the stage over there. And she points to a little halfling doing something with his hands on the stage. Uh, yeah, and I think since you've given them multiple options, you find that you have a split. A bunch of them want food and a bunch of them want to watch the show. Yeah, and they start running around all over the place. <laughs> and Abigail's now realizing her mistake as she tries to follow them all. Yeah, and as you're trying to corral them, I do think we hear the tavern door open and we hear a familiar voice coming inside. Abigail? And Abigail turns around with a couple of girls in her arms, one as she's lifted into the air with one of her arms tucked into her side, and she turns around and sees Diodi and Willow standing in the doorway. Well, Diodi, you're here a day early. And Diodi says, well, I guess I could say the same to you. And Diodi, you're glowing again, but it looks a little bit different this time. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be like this for a while. I, I, I'll catch you up on everything. I think Willow is looking at Abigail, and she pulls her hood over her head, and she mutters to Diodi, Diodi, I, uh, I saw you back here. I took you where you needed to go. I should probably see myself out. And Diodi, placing his arm on Willow's arm. No, wait. Do you mind just staying a little bit longer? Willow... Knowing that Abigail is obviously watching them now, whispers to Diodi, Diodi, we both know who she is now. I, 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 frankly, I don't know what to do about this situation. Well, you know just as much as I do, and I could really use your help. But I, I won't force you. If you want to go, then that's your choice. I'll stay with you. Diodi just gives a simple nod as a very gracious thank you. And as they're standing there talking and Abigail is trying to wrangle these children, the large human in the leathern apron approaches them. Hi, my name is Griselda. I'll be your server this evening. Uh, will it be just the two of you? Would you like a table? Some kid menus? Diodi looks over towards Abigail and the many little girls that she has in her arms. And he says, I think we're actually going to sit with them. If that's okay. Yeah, of course. No problem. Luid, as you step out of the Eye of the Anvil, following your sister Lydia, you can hear the muffles of the people talking inside the tavern still as they're echoing through the doorway and the music doing the same as they're reverberating through the bone of the tavern, giving it a nice, low, sweet, muffled quality. She leads you up to the northern end of this bone, to where you find yourself in front of almost a wall of vines hanging down from the bone, and you see her latch on with her hands, 
and she begins to climb the vines, climbing up towards the top of this bone. Yeah, and Lewitt is just looking in a little bit of astonishment. When she said we were going to the roof, he assumed that, that there was stairs or a ladder or something. And after everything he's been through, he's looking at these vines and he's thinking to himself, well, this is a little bit more trouble than I would have liked. And I'm going to have Lewitt roll for dexterity to climb up this. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, it's a semi-success. Lewitt, as you grab onto these vines and you begin pulling yourself up, hand grab by hand grab, you begin to realize how slightly cumbersome your armor actually is. Everything that you're wearing is beginning to catch on the vines and you start to feel your hands slipping and all of a sudden you lose grip with your right hand, but you feel Lydia catch your wrist before you actually slip off, allowing you a moment to regain your composure and grab onto the wall again. And she looks down at you, and she says, Louis, you know, you, you used to be a lot better at climbing up buildings and stuff. He shakes his head, and he, he says, Yeah, that was when I used to help people steal things for a living. Lydia, looking back up, turning away from you, continues to climb, until you both get onto the top of the roof of this large bone tavern. And she sits down, gestures for you to sit down next to her. And Louis does, and he looks out, at the view. What is the view like on top of this bone? You're usually not in a position like this, where you get to see the entire city from an elevated position. What you see is this moon that's shining over the entire city, once again reflecting off of the waters and the canals. But not only that, you see the thousands of lanterns lit around the streets of every district of Austil. You look at the massive Austil castle, with the light of the moon illuminating the backside while the street lanterns are illuminating the front, the castle looks different at night. Everything does. You can see almost everything. You see the top of Swords Keep way off in the distance. You can see your district, the Gate of the Giant, far off to the east. You even see the big garden in the middle of the city and lights coming from it as if there are people celebrating something in the middle of that garden. The way that this city almost mimics the starry night sky is truly breathtaking. Everything seems so calm and peaceful, especially in juxtaposition of what you've just experienced this past day. And Lewid, he can't help himself. He looks at it and he says, Wow. And Lydia nods. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. Uh, the, the dorks that I work for like to climb up here every night and ask each other questions about their feelings. And you can see her shift uncomfortably after she says that. Yeah, Lewid catches on and, like a big brother, says, Well, um, would you like to talk about your feelings? And you can see she doesn't shift from you asking that. She remains almost stoic and still as she stares forward, as if she's appreciating the view right now as well, looking at all of the lanterns in the water, the city... As she continues to stare forward, she responds. Yeah, I, I think I do. And I'm going to ask the question, is she going to share what happened to her? I think because that's the whole reason mm -hmm. that they went to talk in private. For sure. Yeah. So I guess we need to know what crime she committed, right? Yeah. Subject action. This is this is not the crime of breaking out. This is why she was in there in the first yeah. place, right? Why she got into Swords Keep. Okay. 
Um, which one do you want? Subject. Okay. Bestow. Technology. Hmm. So she gave something to somebody is kind of what I'm inferring. Yeah, I could almost see it as if she almost like brought something into the city that she wasn't supposed to like, or that's like not widely accepted in the city. Like contraband of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of smuggling situation. Yeah, smuggling. Bestow technology. Smuggling. I think that's a good point. But what did she smuggle? Right. Did she accidentally supply something to the Thronebreakers or something like that? And they basically like threw her under the bus. Because, I mean, as we know, they, I mean, they were messing with a lot of magic, weapons, and other like machinery down there in the City of Fear. Well, yeah, I, I just like imagine like the throne, the throne breakers, she delivered something to them and it was like Wiley or Brother Felix or something. Yeah. And um, she was expecting payment or something. Yeah, she was expecting payment. And in response, like they cut off her finger. Yeah, she fought them and that like got the guards to come and stuff like that. Well, you know how we used to run in the same circles, you know bad people before you left when you left i just i kept doing that i stole stuff then eventually graduated to smuggling i'd bring illegal stuff into town and look i I didn't know what it was most of the time i just like put stuff in boxes brought it from one place to another and well i One time, I was asked by some weirdos in these, like, dirty cloaks to get some stuff. And, well, I got the stuff. I went to the place I was supposed to meet them, and I I gave them the boxes. It was a lot of stuff, fluid. Like, they were... I don't know what was in it, but it sounded like weapons. They were preparing for something. And, uh, well, they didn't want to pay me. And I asked nicely for payment. They said no. So I punched one of them in the face. And that started a fight. And, well, you know what happens when you bring fists to a knife fight. And Lydia holds up her hand with the one pinky missing. And, well, I'm going to be honest with you, Lewis. I did win. I, you know, mostly. But, you know, when you start a fight in the middle of the street... Guards tend to come, and, well, I got arrested. And they put me in Swords Keep for uh, a lot of things. Um, you know, I forget what they called it. They had all these fancy words, but it was for fighting and smuggling and thieving and criming and all that kind of stuff. She lowers her face a little bit, looking towards the ground. You see a little bit of shame in her face. The light evening breeze slowly gusting, blowing her hair slightly. And, uh... Lewid, I, um, I didn't, look, being in jail is is kind of a drag, you know, you know what I mean? Um, so, I, uh, kind of broke out of Swords Keep. Lewid's eyes just go wide, and he clears his throat. throat) You, uh, don't say. I, yeah, I, uh, I broke out, and, well, since then... They've been looking for me, and I've been hiding here with, uh, I I guess you'd call them friends. And, well, you showing up 
you could see how your face being on a bunch of posters for kidnapping, we'll, we'll get back to that, Lewid, uh, would maybe put some unwanted attention on my hideout. Lewid hears all of this, and honestly, he, he doesn't know what to make of it between the seeming association that Lydia had with the Thronebreakers that he basically helped dismantle, and her also breaking out of Swords Keep, which he also did. Well, he feels a little responsible for the distress that his sister seems to be in right now. Lydia's face looks almost remorseful. She has a frustration in it. You can tell that that's aimed at you, but she's been living a tough life. She's exhausted. You can tell by the way she's looking that the Eye of the Anvil was supposed to be this escape for her, and now that you've shown up, it almost seems like you're just another burden. Lewid sees that expression, and it weighs on him so heavily. Everything he did was supposed to make his family's life easier, but he made their lives harder. At least he thinks he did that. Whether or not that's true is beside the point. He believes that he made his family's life harder by becoming a squire and then failing to become a knight. And so, instead of saying anything, Lewid places a hand on Lydia's shoulder. He's going to try to guide her head towards his chest, and he's just going to hold her. Does Lydia allow that to happen? Think 50-50? 50-50. Yay, she does. As you've placed your hand on her, and you're guiding her into your chest, at first you can tell, just based off of how she was sitting, that there's a little bit of stiffness and resistance, but that almost fleets away immediately as she drifts into you and allows you to hold her. There's a little sniffle from her nose. I'm sorry, Lydia. I'm sorry to all of you. All I've wanted to do is help. But Lydia, I think this city has been unkind to us and people like us. I think, no, I know, we need to find a new home, someplace that will accept us and be kinder to us. And after a moment, after you say that, she doesn't respond immediately, but then she does sit back up. She turns towards you, almost with a confused expression, and she asks, Where? I mean, where would we go, Lewid? Well, my, uh, Abigail, who you met downstairs, she might have a place in mind for us. Once again, you can see a little bit of discomfort in her expression. You can't exactly tell if she's thinking that going with you and your girlfriend is a little bit too much in this moment, or if the discomfort comes from leaving her home, one that she wasn't really planning on leaving. Lydia, I know. I don't want to leave either, but we've been given so few opportunities here, and whenever we find one, it's taken away from us. I think it's time that we started over. What do you say? I don't know, Louie. I got so many questions. I, I mean, like, what about the rest of us? Lulu, Lulin, I don't even know what you're talking about. Are, are we all leaving? Are you leaving and then coming back for us? I mean, because, like, if that's the case, that's kind of a lame move, Louie. You've done that before and it didn't work out. So, 
What's the plan here? Well, Lydia, I was hoping that I could make up for that previous uh, transgression. I wanted to give all of you the option and discuss with you all what happens next. Would you have that conversation with us? And she goes from looking into your eyes to now staring through you. She's thinking and takes her a moment before she responds. Yeah, Lewid, yeah, I'll... Sure. You know, anything for you, big brother. And then she punches him in the shoulder. And right as you receive that hefty hit from below where you're sitting, you hear a voice. It's Abigail's voice. She's calling out. She doesn't know where you guys went. She's saying, Um, I won't say your name out loud because that would be a bad idea. But we ordered some food for you and it's getting cold. So if both of you want to come back in, we'll be waiting for you. Lydia looks at Lewid and says, What do you say? We don't want to keep your hot girlfriend waiting. Lewid takes that in for a moment and says, Well, I mean, she is pretty good looking, isn't she? And Lydia, looking at you almost disgustedly, gives a fake gag motion and scoots to the edge of the roof and begins to climb back down. Lewid and Lydia re-enter the eye of the anvil and they hear that music again. They hear the laughter and the warmth of the space fills them up. The dim light in the night is a comfort. And they look across the room and they see several tables have been pushed together to make one big table for Abigail, Diodi, Lady Thebia, Willow, a space for Lewid, a space for Lydia if she wants it, and then a bunch of spaces for all of Lewid's other sisters, who some of them are sitting quietly, other ones are wreaking havoc on the tavern. I think we can even see like one little girl is really badgering another patron, trying to like get him to talk to her. And Lulu is of course sitting with all of her other little sisters, and I think she's currently doing her best to try to wrangle them. As you walk in and you see everyone, Abigail locks eyes with you, and she waves you over and points to the seat next to her, as if that's your seat. Lydia, will you sit with us for just a while longer? Lydia looks back over to Numpits for confirmation that she's allowed to do that as well. And you just see the old man give a small wink. Yeah, why not, Lewin? And we sit down, and now our very large party is together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like a huge family. Yeah, it is like a family. Well, it's literally a family in some regards, but right, right. <laughs> it's also like a metaphorical family. Yeah. Across the table, as you're sitting down, you notice tons of dishes of all varieties, but what Abigail has ordered for you is the fireweed salad, and she has that in front of her as well. And as you look down towards the kids, you can see there are some simpler meals. There is some roasted goose. You can see potatoes and bread and some more delicious and exciting looking things. Diodi has something that looks like some sort of meat with a jam on top of it. You can only assume that whatever he decided to order was because he didn't like spicy things. Abigail looks at you looking at everybody's food and she says, I hope you're okay with what I ordered for us. I, I thought it would be fun to try. I've, I've heard it's very popular here. Yeah, and I think Lydia is looking at the bowl of fire with a little bit of suspicion on her face. Well, Abigail, I have not eaten in 
quite some time now, so I think anything would be alright. And she gives a smile, and she says, well, let's dig in. At first, they just eat. There's a little, like, conversation back and forth, but none of the big conversations have been breached yet. And I think Willow is sitting most uncomfortably at the table. She's not gorging like all these other starving elves are. Instead, she's just kind of watching and listening to the conversation that is happening politely, but she seems to be someplace else in her own head. And time passes. Kids are biting into goose legs and that juicy, succulent meat is just coming right off the bone. And Lewid and Abigail are chowing down on this salad and it's a little spicy. I want to ask really quick, does Lewid like spicy food? <laughs> I mean, that that's your odds to give. I'm going to say 50-50. Okay. No, he does not. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as Lewid is biting into these fire weeds, we see him occasionally go, Ooh, 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 that's, uh, that's spicy. And he keeps taking a draft of water whenever he can. And Abigail is making small remarks like, I just have to be the strong one for us all the time, don't I? Stuff like that. Abigail, stop it. You know this is spicy. <laughs> and I think Lydia, as much as she puts on an act, she's like kind of laughing under her breath, listening to Lewid and Abigail go back and forth. She likes seeing her brother happy. And he seems happy right now. And Diodi sitting right next to Willow. I mean, he's had such a relieved face on him this entire time. This is the first thing he's eaten in a couple days as well. And he's just so grateful that he's here with everybody, somewhere safe, somewhere comfortable, where they're just filling their bellies. And time passes. The candles on the table that are dimly lighting our faces are burning down a little bit. And as it gets later, Lewid wipes his mouth with a napkin, puts it down, and then he says, Okay, we... We have a lot that we need to talk about, don't we? And when you ask that, you can see Diodi slowly turn towards Willow, give a slight face of concern, and then he turns back towards you guys, to you and Abigail. And he says, um, yeah, we, we, we have a lot that we need to catch up on. And Lewid clocks the tone, but he starts by saying, Lulu, would you mind taking the little girls someplace else while we talk. And as you ask that, once again, the old man that you've heard referred to as numpits walks up to the table and he says, well, if you're all staying the night, I could show all these sweet girls up to their rooms. That would be so helpful. Thank you. And he gives a smile and a nod and he gestures for all the girls to follow him. And he says, come on, we have plenty of rooms upstairs and a couple of them have some fun toys for all of you. One of the little girls who wasn't at the table, who is currently on the giant tortoise's back, just pumps her fist in the air and cheers. <laughs> and she stays on the tortoise as the tortoise slowly follows numpits up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, and she's having the time of her life. But so at the table now is Lulu, Lydia, Lady Thebia, Diodi, Willow, Abigail, and Lewid. And Lewid looks around the table, and his eyes fall on Willow. Diodi, the conversation that we need to have is private, and I don't know if we can trust your uh, friend. And Lulu, 
who's at the end of the table, crosses her arms, and she looks at Willow, and she says, Yes, I agree with brother. And Diodi holds out his hands like, Whoa, whoa, hang on one second. And he says, We can trust her. Not that I need to explain why, but that will be coming up in this conversation, I'm assuming, as well. I, I would prefer if she stayed here while we talk. Abigail is staring daggers at Willow right now. She's about to say something when she realizes that she doesn't need to be starting an argument at this exact moment in time. And she looks back towards Lua to see if he's going to say anything else to what Diodi just said. Well, if you say that she has something to add to this conversation, then, as always, I trust your judgment, Diodi. Well, I don't need to remind us, but let's not forget who told us about the Thronebreakers making a move. Lewid nods. He's already acknowledged that he's willing to let Diodi speak his piece on this, but it's a good reminder. So should I start, or do you and Abigail want to say something first, especially since you didn't say goodbye at the rise? Well, um, Diodi, uh, we, we said goodbye the previous evening and that we would meet again. I, uh... I'm sorry, I I didn't realize. And Lou is trying to find words, but he's fumbling a little bit. Abigail speaks up. Okay, goodbye, Diodi. There. Lou <laughs> looks at Abigail, and he's about to say something, but instead he says, Diodi, I, I am apologizing so much lately, aren't I? And I don't really see that we need to be apologizing for this, especially after the day that we had. Right, uh, Diodi... Perhaps we should explain first what is going on. I don't know how much details we can give, but... And he looks at Lady Thebia, because he hasn't figured out what happens next, but he knows what Abigail and his plan is. Abigail and I are... We are leaving Austeel, Regardless of this conversation and what happens in it, we are leaving. And Diodi, remembering kind of the conversation that they had at the rise that was indicating that as well nods his head and once again looks to willow for some sort of confidence and looks back to abigail and lewid and i think that i would like to go with you both as well he looks around the room you can't quite tell what the emotion he's feeling is but it looks a little like excitement he wasn't sure that diodi would willingly want to go with them and so he looks at Diodi and he says, Diodi, are you, are you sure? We have a long journey ahead of us and well, you don't have to follow us if you don't want to, but you are, of course, welcome. And Diodi, looking once again, not confident in himself. He never has been. It almost as if his entire life has been built on the foundation that he needs others' approval. And he looks towards Thebia because of that, Lady Thebia. And you can see there's a sadness in Thebia's eyes, but also a recognition that this is what needs to happen. Everything that Thebia's been through, everything she's seen through escaping Swords Keep with you both, her interactions with Corliss, this is the right call for Diodi. She gives a slight smile with sad eyes, and she nods. Diodi says, I have a journey of my own now as well. I think it lines up pretty well with the one that you're going on. 
So absolutely, I, I don't plan on going back to the castle, you know this, or to my stepmother. I have nowhere else to go except for what I'm trying to do right now. Willow is eyeing you cautiously. She isn't expressing it, but she thinks she knows where this conversation is going. And Lewid throws his hands out and he says, Well, great, great, yes, uh, great. I, I'm happy to hear that you'll join us, Diodi. Diodi gives a smile. Well, we can't really talk about what else happened while we were apart from you right now, Diodi. We'll have to talk about that later in more confidence. But, well, Lady Thebia, I know this puts you in a difficult position, given everything that's happened. What are your plans, Lady Thebia? And as you ask that question, you notice a very confused face with Diodi, like, what happened? Let's figure out what that answer is. You want a subject and action it? I think that's the only reasonable thing. I'll take subject. Okay. Dessert. Dessert environment. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, people are going to think this shit is scripted. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not. Now, Christian, I don't think that means she is intending to go with us. But I, the most logical thing coming from it is that she's going to leave Austeel. Yeah, I think she has to until she knows it's safe for her here. Well, Lewid, I'm not quite sure exactly where I will be going, but I know that I cannot stay here in Austeel. I have a lot of options in front of me right now. I intend on figuring out which one of those is best. I wasn't sure when I was going to bring this up, but I do request that maybe I head out with you at, at the start and find where I need to go along the way. Of course, Lady Thebia. We would be happy to escort you wherever you need to go. Thank you. You have been so kind and gracious towards me this past day. These past couple days, I should say. I'm sorry I didn't see it at first. Now, maybe this will give me the opportunity to right the wrongs of this city. Thank you. Thebia. And, well, before you share what you need to share, Diodi, I do have to say something to my sisters. Where Abigail and I are going, I am confident it will be incredibly dangerous. I am doing this so that hopefully we will have a home where we can be happy. But, um, I cannot ask that you take this same risk with me. I'll be back. I promise. But... I suppose what I'm asking is, you're all able to make your own decisions. Lulu, Lydia, do you want to come with me? I don't know the odds that they say yes. Uh, I think it's going to be on an individual basis. Yeah, I think Lulu is probably a 50-50 because she'd be torn. She wants to stay with her brother. She likes the idea of adventure, but she likes nice dresses and parties and wants to be fancy. Right. And she doesn't exactly, she doesn't know Abigail's background at this point. So she's not really seeing Abigail as like royalty or anything. Yeah. So that's not anything that's persuading her in this moment. Exactly. Yeah. So, so 50, 50, 50, 50 for her. Yeah. It is a yes. Oh. She wants to come. Lydia. Lydia. Well, we know she's hiding. Where better to hide than not in the city? Right, right. But as we found out, Lydia also very much cares about her sisters as Lulin does. Yeah. So is this, is this just another 50-50? I think it's likely. 
Likely? Okay. okay. Yeah, I think it's one tick above 50-50. I do think she knows she can't do anything for her sisters because she needs to be in hiding. Somewhat likely. Let's okay. go somewhat likely. Somewhat likely. She is also a yes. These are our options now, and we can choose one of these options. When Lewitt asks the question, both of his sisters that are present, they go quiet for a moment as they think. They have a lot to think about. But Lulu chimes up first. Brother, I have thought about all of the options, and I have decided that I would like to accompany you. <laughs> and Lewitt looks at his youngest sister present, and he just puts a hand on her shoulder, and he nods. And then Lydia looks at the two of them, and she says, Well, Lewitt, you know the all the talk about, like, wanting to find a home and not belonging and... Well, I don't know that there's a whole lot that I can do here anymore. So, yeah, if if you'll let me, I'll, I guess I'll go with you. And I think Lewid wasn't expecting this. He told them it was going to be dangerous. Maybe he should have told them how dangerous. Yeah, it almost feels like every single person around this table is now looking at you, Lewid. And so he reaches out and he grabs both of his sister's hands and he says, All right. It's time I was honest. And, Diodi, listen up to. We are planning on going to the Ring of the Hand. It's a distant city that was overrun and destroyed in some way, shape, or form. I, uh, I don't know all the details, and, well, Abigail, I, I'm not sure if you're willing to share those yet. And he looks at Abigail. <sighs> I'm... Not sure if I'm ready to share everything, but to all of you listening, the Ring of the Hand is where I'm from. And I have in one way or another been been called to return. And so we know that, and Lewid takes a deep breath before he says what he's about to say, a lot of people died at the Ring of the Hand. And what Abigail and I are going to try to do well, there is a small chance that I don't think I need to say it, do I? If you go with us, you might not come back. And the table becomes solemn in that moment. Diodi speaks up. Well, that's a risk I'm willing to take. And Lydia, Lulu, if anything were to happen to either of you, I would never forgive myself. Yeah, Lewid, I, um, well, Lulu... And Lydia reaches out to grab Lulu's hand, her open hand, and now all three of them are holding each other's hands across the table in a little ring. And Lydia says, Lulu, I, I know you're so excited for life, and, well, there's a lot that you could do here still to help out the family. Lewid and I, we, uh, we aren't wanted in this city. There are people looking for us, and they want to harm us. We have a lot less to lose than you do. But you could stay here, and you could help Lulin look after the sisters, and you could even be a point of contact for Lady Thebia, right? Lydia looks at Lady Thebia. And Thebia gives a confident nod. Yes, of course. That is a wonderful idea. Lulu is hesitant at first, but... The idea of working with Lady Thebia comforts her. 
and she says, Well, I wouldn't want to be a burden, and I, I agree, I, I, there is very much that I could do here. So, Lewid, if you would like me to stay, I will. Lula, I wish I could take all of you with me, but like I said, I couldn't bear the thought of anything happening to you. She nods, a little disheartened, but she's old enough to understand. And Diodi, you didn't notice until now, but Willow has been staring at you with a look that suggests there's something she needs to say. Diodi gives a look of, well, what did I do? Like, uh, you can say what you want if you want to kind of thing. She leans over to you, putting a hand on your shoulder and leaning in deep enough that you can feel her breath on your ears. And she says, Yodi, the ring of the hand, that's, that's the place. Diodi's face goes straight and his gaze drifts towards the table, peering through it. The one that she'll be waiting? Yes, Diodi, that's where they first met, in a manner of speaking. He nods and whispers back to Willow. Are you staying here, or are you coming with us? She leans away from you, and she looks tense, to say the least. I think part of this is happening while Lewitt is talking to his sisters. It's overlapping a little bit. Mm -hmm. She's keen enough and clever enough to know that she doesn't want to draw attention. Yodi, my life is... Well, it's not my own, really. I am bound to help the sorceress. Well, then if she's going to the ring, does that mean you have to follow? She looks uncomfortable, but she says, Well, when you put it that way. But Yodi, you're asking a very different question. You're asking if I'll go with you, aren't you? I'm not sure exactly what I was asking. I guess I'm just trying to figure out what your next steps are. I see. Well, yes. That is where I am going, one way or another. Well, if you're not going with us, then I guess I'll see you there no matter what. I'll hope to see you along the way at some point. I really enjoyed our, our day together, even if it was... Even if there were some uncomfortable things that happened. It was nice to just, I don't know, make a friend for once. To eat a nice meal someplace I've never been with someone really nice and special. She smiles and looks down at the table. And it's clear to you by her silence that she really doesn't know what to say. I think she meant it when she said that her life isn't really hers. Willow looks up from the table and at you, Diodi, and she says, I really enjoyed our day too, Yodi. It was special, just like you. I think she reaches for your hand. She holds it for a moment and she says, I'm sure that we'll see each other again, Yodi. I just hope when we do, that it's as nice as this day was before, before the bad stuff. And Diodi, without opening his mouth, Willow hears his voice in her head as he uses far speaking. I'll do my, I'll best, do my best to stay in touch. Stay in touch. You do that, Yodi. And please, please, if you need anything, anything that I can provide, I can provide don't, hesitate don't hesitate to ask. He just nods his head. Willow looks to the rest of the group and I think Louis is still talking to his sisters what is Abigail doing? Abigail's kind of tuning into both conversations at once she's been 
really focused on Lewid talking to his sisters, but she's also been giving glances and focused attention to what Willow and Diody have been doing, noticing that there's something going on between them. As they're finishing up their conversation, Diody notices Abigail's just staring at him. Well, if we're all done expressing everything we need to express for tonight, maybe we should head up to our rooms and get some rest. Lewid breaks contact with his sisters, and he says, Well, Diody, didn't you want to tell us something? Well, I told you the stuff that I need to tell you right now, that I'm going to be going with you. I think maybe, maybe we could finish talking about everything I need to tell you when we go up to our rooms. Lewid nods. I understand, and will your friend be joining us? And he looks around, and Willow's gone. And Diody, not noticing that she had completely slipped away as well, gives an initial glance around, but he knows. No, she won't be joining us. Lewid nods. He senses something in your voice. Can't tell what it is, but he just nods. Abigail says, oh, Okay, this food was wonderful, and I'm tired. So, maybe we should start heading up. And Lydia says, Hey, yeah, and um, I've, I've got my own room here, so I'm gonna spend the rest of the night saying bye to the people here. They've been really kind to me. And everybody starts getting up from the table. Thevia slowly makes her way towards the stairs. She sees Numpets waiting, begins to guide her up the stairs. Abigail wraps her arm around your waist, Lewid, as you begin to stand up from the table. And she starts guiding you towards the stairs as well. And eventually, Lulu gets up and follows you both, and Diody trails at the very back. And you slowly make your way up the stairs, as Numpits leads you down this beautiful hallway with candles lit, a nice rug lining the floor. And towards the end of the hallway, there's some open doors that you get to. You see some of your sisters in them already playing and having a good time, but you notice that some of them have lost a lot of energy and are very, very tired. And a couple have actually passed out on one of the beds. Lewid just looks at them for a little while. He knows that he's going to say goodbye to them tomorrow, but he doesn't want to leave them. But he knows that the only hope for them to have a life that they deserve is to take a big risk. And so he just says into the room, Good night, ladies. And you hear a couple of good night Lewids in return. But once again, most of these girls have lost energy and some are already asleep. And Lewid turns back and... He grabs Abigail's hand and squeezes it for support. I can't know exactly what you're going through right now, Lewid, but um, just know I'll be here for you, no matter what. You'll see your sisters again. Thank you, Abigail. I believe that you are right. I choose to believe that. And she walks into one of the rooms with you at her side. Now, I hope you know that we're sleeping in separate beds because I need, I need my room to stretch. Lewid laughs, and he says something that Diody's not going to quite catch. Of course, I would hate to disturb the beauty sleep of a princess. And you're right, Diody doesn't catch it, being towards the back. But he sees what room you guys go into, and he follows. And he says, I'm going to get my own room, I promise. But I would like to share those last couple details with you if, if you both feel like doing the same. I think we should. And as everybody sits down 
Abigail sitting on the edge of one of the beds, Diody sitting in a chair in the corner. With the dim candlelight flickering in the room, you and Abigail share the details of the day with Diody as you attempted to give Marigold the notes and eventually had to escape Swords Keep in the conversation you had with Lulin that led up to being here right now. And in return, you hear words come from Diody talking about the reminder of this sorceress that created the High Death and how he sought her out and how Willow led him to her and how he has a better idea of what he needs to do to sever this connection. But he explicitly leaves out the details of what that is, who this woman is in relation to Abigail and what exactly will sever that connection. They talk into the night, the candle in the room growing dimmer and dimmer till finally they finish. They say their good nights. Diody goes on his way to his own room, leaving Lewid and Abigail. And I think Abigail lies down first. And Lewid walks over to Abigail's bed, sits on the side of it. He just looks at her. He doesn't say anything. Abigail gives a small smile. She places a hand on your leg, gives it a couple pats. And then she turns over and says, let's get some rest, Lewid. We're going to need as much of it as possible. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And he stands, and he walks over towards the window, where I imagine the candle is sitting on the windowsill. And he looks out at the night sky of Austeel. We hear a little voice coming from the door. Brother? There's a small girl in the doorway, and that voice was recognizable from the instant you heard it. It's Lulu. She's in her beautiful little dress, but she looks extremely tired. She's ready for bed, but you can tell there's also an almost indescribable sadness in her eyes and how she's holding her body. And Lewid just looks at his sister, and he waits for her to speak. And she says, Brother, I know that I can't go with you, but... And she just starts crying. She just starts crying her little eyes out, and Lewid runs over to the door and he grabs his little sister and he says shh, 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 shh. it's okay it's okay i know i i just want to be important like you and lewid pulls away from his sister and he says lulu you are you are so important to me and lydia and lulan and all of your sisters and through tears she says I know, but you are doing all these great things to help our family, and, well, I feel useless. And Lewid looks at his sister. He recognizes that same determination that all of the Durrells have, the need to provide, the need to do something. Lulu, would you like a special mission? And you see her eyes flick up to you in excitement. There's some sort of energized yearning now inside of her that you can see as she, yes, she wants that, that special little mission. Lulu, because of everything that happened with me, I am unable to travel the streets of Austeel freely. But you, you can go where you please, and you are very crafty. I know that about you. So, look at this. As you pull the locket out from your pocket and hold it in the air as it dangles from your hand, it's covered in beautiful silver and it has hints of orange in the silver but not only that it has literal fruit oranges 
around the locket. And your sister sees it dangling there in front of her face. This piece of jewelry looks as if it comes from royalty. And she holds out her hands underneath the locket, ready for you to drop it into hers. Lewid does. And it's a little, it's, it's weighty for her. And she holds it and she says, Wow, this is, this is very pretty, brother. Yes, it is. And it belongs to somebody equally as beautiful. Now, their name is Forrest, and they lived in the city of fear. I'm not sure where they are now, and it's very important that they get this locket. It means the world to them. If only I could find a smart elf that could locate this person and return this locket to them. You can see a small little smile creep up on her face. She knows you're playing games with her, and she knows that you're talking about her. But she plays back, and she jokingly says, Oh, I know one. And who is that? It's me, brother. And he messes up her hair, and she doesn't like that. She then spends the next couple seconds grooming herself to fix her hair, and then she says, I promise to make sure that Forrest is reunited with their locket. Thank you, Lula. It was weighing very heavily on me. I wasn't sure I'd be able to get it back to them. But in your hands, I know it'll work out. I think she gives a little salute to you. She takes a few steps to leave, and Lua does the same. And then she turns around and she says, Brother? Yes? May I sleep with you tonight? And Lua says, Of course. Come on. And as Lulu skips on her feet to run into your room, you see something in your peripheral vision from down down the hallway a couple doors. In the middle of the hallway, you see Lady Thebia and Diodi embracing in what looks like one of the strongest hugs you've ever seen. And Diodi's face is buried in Lady Thebia's shoulder, and you can see the heaving of air coming from Diodi's body, indicating that he is bawling his eyes out right now. And you can see Lady Thebia patting Diodi's back with her hand as she nuzzles his head with hers. Lewid sees this moment, and he lets them have it in private. He closes the door to Abigail and Lewid's room, and Lulu's already in bed. She's yanked all the covers around her, and Lewid walks over to the side of the bed, snuggles in next to his sister, and then says, So, do you want to just go to sleep, or would you like to hear a story? You see her actually consider for a moment, but you already knew the answer before she even says it. She, in excitement, fully expresses that she wants as much time with you as possible before you go tomorrow, so so she responds. A story. All right. Well, this story is about some elves that you know. Did you know that you were related to two people that broke out of Swordskeep? And she gives a gasp. And Lewid starts to, with great animation, but quiet so he doesn't disturb Abigail, tell the story of how a certain elf broke out of Swordskeep all on their own, and how later a sibling of that elf did the same exact thing. And before he finishes, Lulu is already fast asleep, and he pulls her closer, he kisses her on the forehead, and he says, Good night, Lulu. Good night.
Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 22 of Roll and Tell's story of Lewid and Diodi. This is a big one for us. Uh, we want to really graciously extend our thanks to not only our listeners who have stuck with us until this point, but also our Patreon supporters. Without your absolutely generous donations, we wouldn't be paying for these sound libraries or the podcast hosting that we currently can. So thank you again so much. If you want to support us at our Patreon, get access to bonus episodes, character sheets, our Discord, tons of stuff that you wouldn't get otherwise, then check out the link in the description of this episode. And as Christian just said, this was a big one for us because I think we can say this now that this is going to be the last episode of what we're deeming is phase one of Lewid, Diodi, and Abigail's story. And since things have changed so much from the beginning and so much has happened, we think it's time to switch it up a bit. So we're going to be starting a big new thing with the next episode, and you're going to be getting a recap episode in which Christian and I will be recapping the story so far so that if you want to get a catch up on things that you might have forgotten, you'll be able to do so. But also, more importantly, that means the next episode is hopefully going to be a jumping in point for new audience members. And we're very excited about that. Yeah. If you have any friends that you've been wanting to share this podcast with, but they've been intimidated to jump in because of how many episodes there are already and catching up in that regard, this will be a perfect spot for them to jump in, get a little bit of the background of what's going on. But this will be a fresh story that they won't need to have listened to any of the previous episodes for. Yeah, that's right. So starting next time, we're going to be seeing Abigail, Lewid, and Diodi's quest to reclaim the ring. And maybe I might be having another player character now, it might seem. Yep. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, we'll see about that. But again, just thank you all for listening. And I cannot wait, Christian, until we all come back together again to roll and tell. <laughs>